0: petersfield's Shine Radio
1: This is Talking Books presented by Susie Wild and Tim O'Kelly.
2: Hello, I'm Susie Wild and you're listening to Talking Books.
3: And I'm Tim O'Kelly of One Tree Books. With some ideas of what you can buy this christmas excellent and later in the show
2: we've bribed the book elves at one tree with mince pies and champagne to reveal their favorites <laughs> tim's That's looking so, very startled. that sounds so <laughs> unlikely
3: but yeah keep going
2: <laughs> let's pretend let's pretend so tim what have you been reading at the
3: moment well i've read as usual i've been reading a sort of reading around a number of different areas but uh, uh i read a book a town like alice which is a, a neville shoot classic um For a book club that I that I belong to, Um, and I've read it, of course, years ago, and um, it is a it is a wonderful wonderful read. And Neville Shute could really tell a story. I love Neville Um, Shute. He's he's a he's an absolute uh, uh, whiz at it. I think he can. What he what he particularly enjoys is writing about is the sort of triumph of the human spirit. Ordinary people behaving in extraordinary ways, um, which I think is you know it's it's a nice start to a to a book. And his his two key characters in this but one's a uh, australian um sort of roustabout he's a you know he's a, he's a little he's works he's a, a sort of basically a cowboy really in the in the in the australian desert and he's of course he he's becomes a soldier and then during the during the war he does something something remarkable uh, and his other main character is a woman and i think um talking to my friends uh to, who have read this book says he really does get he really has, can write about women really well and i think that that's Sometimes a rarity in, in male writers, so that's that, that's really interesting. But his character in this, the the woman in this is a she's a secretary um, in a in a some manufacturing company, but she behaves in the most extraordinary way, and she has this real impact. So the other book I'm reading is The Fall of Boris Johnson by, by <gasps> Sebastian Payne. Oh, I've heard great um, things of it. So he's the, he's the FT, Financial Times correspondent, Whitehall correspondent. And um, he also does a, does a podcast, which I listen to, called Payne's Politics, uh, which is really on the money. Uh, and the book is, it is written in that sort of breathless journalistic style. And it is really well done. He, he's, he seems to know all the inside people. And so he gets, a, he, gets the, he gets the story. Um, and so it reads like a bit like a thriller. I mean, it, it is it's, it's it's really fascinating. It only deals with the last few months of Boris Johnson's prime ministership, um, but it is it's a cracking read. And um, I've also gone back to a book which, where they, the, that is Rob Harris' book, um, Act of Oblivion, which is set during the restoration of Charles II after the after the republic, the, the Cromwellian republic, the Commonwealth. Um, and it deals with the, the hunt for two of the people that signed the death warrant for King Charles I, and um, who they escaped to America and they're chased across America by, by the king 's men, um, because what happens to everyone else who, who, who signed the death warrant who was still alive is really extraordinary. They were, they were basically uh, they were hung drawn and quartered. You don't really want to know what that what that actually means, but it's a pretty horrible, Mm. gruesome death. And so these two uh, colonels are escaping in America. So it's a it's a cracking story. I mean, like all Robert Harris, he always writes a good a good yarn. Another
2: brilliant um, storyteller. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. That's fascinating. Well, I'm just coming to the end of my Marion Keys romance course. Um, So I have been reading lots of romance. but also watching rom-com again, Nora Ephron and so on for Structure. So it's, that's been really interesting to me because, I've, you know, it's a very unknown field. As you know, I love crime and thrillers, so this is a different area. But the other thing I went back to, again because of the Apple TV series, is Slow Horses by Mick Herron. I just couldn't remember if I'd read it or not, you know, because of that plethora. And I was thinking... I've got this feeling I wasn't very keen and yet everybody else adores it. So um, I borrowed it from a friend and I'm still not really keen. I can absolutely understand why other people like it. So I tried to analyse why I wouldn't. It seems illogical that I wouldn't. And I think it's the reason I don't like Falstaff or Sir Toby Belch.
3: I mean, I think what's interesting about Mick Heron is he's the kind of He's the antidote to James Bond. He's the the the, uh, the the characters in the book. There are there are many of these characters in the book. And I will explain what the the basis of the idea is: is that um, these are all failed spies. Basically, they've all blotted their copybook in some way. And, it, and rather than fire them uh, and have to pay their pension and all the all the HR difficulties that go with firing somebody, they they try and persuade them to resign by giving them the world's most boring tasks to do. That are still secret, but they're bo- incredibly boring. So they're sort of combing through telephone directories and bits and pieces, and the, the hope is that they will find. But actually, these people are quite useful because they're still they're still quite smart, clever people, even though they're flops. And um, so the, the, the conceit of it is that the person in charge of them is this is this full Starvian character, Jackson Lamb, who is 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 pretty gross, but is very very smart. And so. Um, they solve the problems that uh, other spies can't. So uh, it's a it's a it's a clever little conceit, really. And I, and I think uh, he's he's an absolute master at it he, of, of sort of comic spy writing and also tightly plotted thrillers as well. So I yes. think he he does he does both things pretty well. Yeah,
2: and people that like those books love them. Mm-hmm. And there's
3: quite a few of them. But that's many, why so. I think
2: I probably prefer the Apple TV series. Tim, let's go for your picks of the year. Yeah.
3: Well, I, I've sort of—it's quite hard this because I mean we've so many books over the year, and I've talked a lot of, to, about a lot of them. So, um, what I thought I might try and do is talk about perhaps some of our best-selling books this year because that's okay. a slightly different thing. To, to um, so, I picked out uh, three books that are, are our best sellers this year. Our best-selling um, non-fiction book is Playing Under the Piano, the Hugh Bonneville uh, book, which is which is. Really about his life in theatre, on television, and on on stage. There's um, lots of very funny stories. It, it perhaps puts one in mind of the Moon's a Balloon, the David Niven book, or or perhaps Blessings in Disguise by Alec Guinness, um, another local man. Yes. Um, and it's it's uh, it's written in a fairly light hearted way, but then there are some serious bits in it as well um, about his about his family and tragedies that have happened in his family, which which are included in the book. So it's not just on it's not just one tone the book it, it it's, it's a, he's actually a really good writer actually i was I going to first. say
2: did he write it
3: was oh, it yes. Ghostwriter? no he no, he wrote he, wrote it. Wrote it. he writes he writes um scripts as well so he's, an, he's quite an accomplished writer that's he's done, good. done quite a lot of, work, lot of film work um so he knows what he's doing and, and that's
2: also lovely because you feel like he's speaking to you oh,
3: definitely, you definitely. It, <laughs> sort of, there's, a, there's a particular voice that he has and nice. it, it comes across in the writing so i think it's uh it's a, it's a clever bit of writing. So that's, that's been a, obviously been a huge seller for us because of his local connections and he came in here and signed lots of copies for us. Um, and we launched the book, which was great. The other book I wanted to talk about is... There's is, is two novels. One, which was the best, our best-selling book in hardback this year, which is Small Things Like These by Claire Keegan. And we've, we've talked about this before. Um, for Those of you who haven't heard me talk about it before, it is basically a very short... Um, novella, really, set in 1985 in the west of Ireland, and it features a a man who is a small businessman in a small town who who realises that something's not right in the town, something that has something that no one will talk about, but is is really not right. It's the treatment of the young unmarried mothers at the Magdalen laundries, uh, where the, so the nuns. Who run these run these laundries? Clean all the linen from the town. Um, these young women are almost worked to death, and their babies are taken away from them. Uh, and it is a it's a really it's a grim story, and it's 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 what happened in Ireland in.
2: But it's in, a totally not a grim
3: book, is it? No, it's, it's a very so beautiful wonderful. book actually, and it's a book about it's about it's about hope and and redemption and all sorts of things. Uh, it's a very positive book and I would really, really recommend it. Beautifully written. She and oh, um, She does have a fantastic prose style, and mm. Um, mm. and it's not very long. You, can, it, it Ooh, you could read it in an afternoon. It won't take you long to read it, but it is it is really beautiful. And the third one I was going to talk about is Still Life by Sarah oh. Winman. Um, now, I know Dorota will be talking a bit later about um, her, her Choice, which is another one of these charming uh, novels, and this is the same. It, it's set partly in... London, just after the war, in in the East End, in a, in a pub, a, a young man comes back from the war. He he works in a bar in in the East End of London, and he comes home, and there isn't much at home. It's pretty. It's pretty. The picture of of that post-war London is is pretty bleak.
2: Is there a Paris in the pub? Is it that one?
3: It is. There's is oh, a parrot in the pub. Right, okay. But the story moves on quite quickly from there and moves to to Florence, where. Well, I won't tell you what happens and no. why he's there and what happens later on, but it's, a, it's really a book about, about friendship and about the family that you make rather than the family that you're given. And um, it's got bags of charm. It's a, it is quite whimsical in, in parts, it's quite quirky. Um, but I really like Sarah Women's writing. I think she is a real expert at this sort of book and um, really recommend it.
2: It's very stylish, it's very particular isn't yes. it? it you know yeah. quite like having both well, we're joined as ever by John, our producer, who normally sits just saying, "Put your phones on silent." <laughs> but, but John, what's your pick?
1: Well, i just before I, I go into my pick, um, as we're normally here in the bookshop, sort of around sort of five o'clockish of an evening, uh, and the, the colleagues downstairs are cooking some wonderful cakes. I know the, the smell, smell is overwhelming. <laughs> so do do pop in because it does smell very Christmassy. The the cooking that's going on. At the moment. moment um i wanted to pick two um that i because because um you've already talked to although i'll expand on that slightly about the um slow horses and the slough house and and the books i think we're up to book five or six aren't we now tim yeah and they are fantastic i i followed those avidly and i think it's that 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 thing isn't it of, of once you've read one book and you've liked it you keep picking up the next one which and the next is one.
2: wonderful especially if you only come in at book five you think oh I've got five books yeah,
1: and it's wonderful and they seem to turn up every year so they fantastic I genuinely and the and the Apple TV series does really complement it nicely
2: for those of you who, who don't know have forgotten John reads on audiobook mm-hmm. um, because he's visually impaired and how does that relate the television programme to the audio book do you think you get more out of the Book
1: they're very different. They're, they're different, and I think the danger is sometimes is that, that that either the book or the TV series can be disappointing depending on which one you've tackled first. So I think they're both distinctive in their own right and are different. So the characters, people like Jackson Lamb, um, Tim mentioned, you know, a, a bit of, from how I imagined him in the book to how I, he he manifests himself in the TV program is different. But they both work. So to be fair, I've not been disappointed one way or the other, and the, and the way that I watch tv is there's something called audio description so all the the narrative is there but all the non-narrative elements de- describing the scenes describing what's going on are all described for me nicely by a narrator in the uh it, on the on the tv so you know you don't miss anything at all obviously it's condensed which is sometimes a bit frustrating, but a bit like reading a condensed book, an um, um, audible, for example, which I'll come back to in a second. Sometimes you can get the condensed version of a book or you get the full-length version of a book. And I hate those, those shorter versions of the book because they always, for me, miss out on a key element of the story which you, you want more of so I, I won't touch them however changing that around and going to one of the the series that I've been following it's a chap called Craig Allenson or Craig Allenson I think he's changed his name to now and I don't think actually Tim you would have his books in stock in the store because uniquely he's one of these people who's published directly to Audible the audio book company. So we're up to book 15 of Expeditionary Force. And this is basically a tale of um, uh, humans um, from Earth who... Earth was attacked by some aliens. And it's basically their adventures in space, travelling around to different planets, tackling different um, aliens, playing one alien group off against another. And it's been fantastic. And he's writing two or three of these a year. and And when they're read... They're about twenty hours long each. Good. So they're not short books at all. And they are absolutely fantastic. And there's just to say there's this this Crazy beer can of uh, an AI intelligent sort of being from another dimension who helps them along, called Skippy. Uh, and it's slightly tongue in cheek, it's slightly comedic in the way it's presented, but it, it is fantastic. So, anybody who's into their sci fi in The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and the like would, I think, enjoy it.
2: And Terry Pratchett, sort of. And
1: Terry thing. Pratchett, yes. You've got to have that sort of mindset to get into it. And then the other thing, which is a, a recent book, and I think it's very easy, isn't it, to pick books you've remembered recently, is the Satsuma Complex by Bob Mortimer. Now, i Fantastic book. Now, I, again, I listened to that on Audible. The first five minutes were a bit hard going because if you're not quite in with Bob Mortimer's...
2: Does he narrate it, though?
1: Yes, he does, okay. and Sally Phillips. Um, oh, brilliant. So the, the, the two of them are there. Now, Bob Mortimer's got a very strange sense of humour, hasn't he? So it does take a bit of getting used to. But once you're into his sense of humour, his style of reading, uh, uh, it's, it's an absolutely fantastic and gripping book uh, and lots of fun... Uh, and, you know, there are some some edgy moments where you think, oh, what's going to happen next? But, you, of course, you've always got that in the back of your mind that it's all going to turn out nicely at the
3: end. I'm looking forward to reading it, actually. I, yes. I, I read the first few chapters, and it looks great.
1: That was brilliant.
2: So now, Tim, let's uh, let's get our book elves up and ask them for their picks. Uh,
3: so, excitingly, this month we've got... Um, all the All the book staff, or nearly all the book staff, have come up up here to join us, and they 're going to tell us a bit about what they 've been enjoying reading this year. Dorota perhaps you 'd like to go first what What suggestion have you got for
2: Well, one of my favorite books earlier this year was miss benson 's beetle oh. it's, um, it 's a book about two rather unlikely women going off on an expedition to New Caledonia in, in the 1950s and they have a lot of adventures. It's very funny in a way because of this unlikely coupling. At the same time um, some of the adventures are really very moving some of them pretty dangerous and the whole thing just reads beautifully. There's a lot of colour in the book in the way that it's described and um, it's slightly quirky. As I said it's quite funny. And yeah, it's really charming. Just a really lovely read. Is that the Harold Fry author? Yes, it is. Rachel Joyce. Rachel Rachel Joyce. Joyce. That's it. Brilliant. See, I love that because I'd forgotten all about it. It seems so long ago. it's a a a really,
3: it's a really great read. Actually, wonderful. Good Good start. Okay, Okay. Anna, what have you got for us?
4: Um, I have got a cookery book called Meat Free Mowgli. Um, I've got the original Mowgli street food. Um, Mowgli's a, a chain of Indian restaurants that started off in Liverpool and the Anisha Katona, whose restaurants they are, um, has produced some books now. And I've got the original Mowgli Street Food, which is fab, and the new one is is Meat Free Mowgli, and it just is what it says on the book. Um, and the pictures look amazing. Um, the recipes sound fantastic, and I can't wait to try it. Are there
2: vegan options in there? Yeah, as well? Yeah, there's all
4: sorts. She's, I mean, she's not vegan or veggie or anything like no, that. Me, but, not but, me, it, but but yeah, but it yeah. covers covers all of the. All well, all of the boxes. That's a day. Yeah. Has, it, has it got photos in it? Yeah, in it's sense? got lovely Cause photos. It, look, the cover looks yeah, fantastic. I mean, yeah, I, I've
3: eaten at, the, at, those, at the eaten those the. You've eaten the cover? Fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> really yeah, delicious. Yeah, we, food. We've
4: been to the one. There's two in Liverpool. We've been to, and there's one in London. And I've they're, main, the they're London mainly one. in the north. But there's going to be one in Brighton, um, which is probably apart from London the nearest one to here. Oh, but, but 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 fab
3: recipes. Good good choice. I'm mm. going to get that. Fantastic. Millie, what what have you got for us today? What what what's your special Christmas thing?
0: Um so I, I love reading new things, but I'm also a huge comfort re-reader and so quite a nice compromise between those two things is I've just started Wolfbane, which is the last book in Michelle Pavia's um Chronicles of Ancient Darkness series, which is set in Stone Age. I think Stone Age Europe, but it's never specified. Um, but it's really wonderful returning to a world that I loved when I was younger. Um, and her writing is still as exciting as a twenty-three year old.
2: Millie, okay. I've got to say, you're so considerably younger than me. So I've <laughs> to say I love when I was younger. It's like what like two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so Millie's a student here working at the moment?
0: I've just finished a postgraduate degree in London, um, a year-long master's programme, and I am currently um, really excited to be working as a Christmas elf. I think was my official job title was Christmas elf um, at One Tree. Um, I've been coming here since I was about four. and oh, good. It's lovely. It's really exciting being behind the desk. <laughs> Wonderful. What, uh, what, what were you post- post-grad in? Um, Development studies, so politics, economics Culture, social things um but my undergrad was archaeology and ancient
2: history oh you see millie would love my books i'm on it there you go
0: (laughs) (laughs) um and i've yeah i've been um so i sort of prowl the history section um every day and get very excited about those
3: So (laughs) so we've got the most important and senior elf to go sally tell us what your pick of the pick of the pick of the year is
5: well obviously there have been many books I've loved this year, but my favourite, I think, is The Lincoln Highway by Amor Teres. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have read it by now, but if if you're not familiar, um, the, everybody will have read A Gentleman in Moscow, um, which I think has been fairly universally loved. Um, it's very different in that in um, The Gentleman in Moscow is set in a very contained way, in basically in a hotel in moscow and the lincoln highway is complete opposite and it's a big sweeping road trip of a novel um lots of misfits huge cast of characters um um a lot of them very endearing some of them are really unpleasant um and the whole thing is just a joy from start to finish. It's
1: very unpredictable, isn't it, it as is, a book? Yes. You know, you don't know what's coming next. Some, yeah. some books you can predict, can't you, what's going to happen yes. and when, but Lincoln Highway, there's no way you could do that. No, and you certainly no. can't predict get, the end, that's no,
5: for sure. No, no, <laughs> no, the end's very moving. And um, they get derailed all the time, you know, and you think, just when you think they've finally got it on track, off they go again and something else happens, and it's just,
2: it is just wonderful. I think it's quite mm-hmm. a Marmite book that one because we spoke didn't we last month Tim, to our guest Nigel and he and I feel similarly that we mean to keep reading and I sort of open it up and think yeah I will I Mm. will and I put it back and it might be one to really have a go at at Christmas
1: the problem with the start is the start's a bit slow and even listening I listen to audible books and even listened to it on Audible, I thought, mm, is this really going to be me? But I stuck at it and very quickly yeah. got drawn into the whole thing. Okay.
2: Yeah. But what I mean is I need a, exactly that, really. I need a, knowing I've got time ahead of me and I'm not going to mm. have to read in bitty little pieces that I've got mm. Christmas.
3: Mm.
5: And, the, really, and the chapters are
2: quite short, so it can feel a little bitty. Okay. But, that, but it's
3: so worth it. Okay. Good. Well, Thank thanks, you very thanks, much. That, that's fantastic.
2: My backlisted choice this month, again, it's another book group choice. So thank goodness we keep doing this because I'm, you know, I'm running out of ones that I love. It's The People on Privilege Hill by Jane Gardham, um And it's a book of short stories. So um, I'm just going to give you, go straight into a flavour of one and then I'll say a bit about it afterwards. Lizzie Metcalf leaned into the wind and took great plodding steps forwards and upwards to her line of washing, blowing above the farmhouse on the fell. "'My, it's a tempest,' she said, opening her arms to the sheets that flung themselves against her, licked at her, enveloped her like living things. She batted them down, felt for the pegs along the line, somehow released them and gathered the whole great blossom of washing against her wide chest. Bending to the clothes-basket, which she anchored with her foot, she toppled everything in and was almost blown away down into the river valley. I don't know when there's been such a storm, she said. End of October, hot and wild, winter next. Holding the basket against herself, she looked down past the farm, far, far down, to where the river wound out of sight eastwards between bands of trees. The trees were thinning. You can see traffic through the trees already. A car glittered for a moment along the banks, like winter. The glitter came again, now rather nearer, and the car, like a bright bead, shot out of the trees and turned towards the bridge and Lizzie's side of the river. Here he comes then, she said. Why couldn't he have said whatever it is he has to say on the phone? The car disappeared into another fold in the land beside the water meadows. Invisibly, it would now be climbing up beside the gill and the fosse. By and that could be a spate today, she thought, with all the torrents we've had and the trees tossing. She pressed forward into the house, dumped the washing basket on the table, calculated the time she had before the car arrived and decided there was just enough of it to shake out the sheets and put them in the back boiler house for airing. Cars had to stop at the foot of the home field, which was too steep for anything but a tractor. You walked the final bit. She went outside again, shading her eyes with her hand. The car, busy and bright, was turning the last bend, plunging under the two sweeping larches. "'Kettle,' she said, went back in, filled the electric jug, switched it on. She looked in the mirror at her wild hair and glowing face. "'I'll do,' she said. "'Anyway, I'll do for the minister.' A knock at the door. Lizzie, hello?' "'Jim Carrot, the minister. "'I know,' she said. "'I've watched you for miles back. "'Kettles on. "'Are you blown to bits? "'Come on in.' "'Nearly,' he said, "'a gale and a half. "'Halloween weather. "'That's tomorrow.' "'Clouds crossed the sun. "'Doors banged about the farmhouse "'and there was a long, tearing crash "'as some stone roof tiles fell from a byre on the yard. "'Don't you get frightened up here alone?' He thought, there's something odd up here today, as if there's sorrow coming. Never, she said. I'm not alone at night. There's Edward and the boy. Are they far now? No, down Dale, working with sheep. They'll be back for their teas. They should leave a dog up here with you. Whatever harmful could come by, she said. Sugar? Tea cake? No, thanks. Yes, please. You are a famous cook, Lizzie. Lizzie? I have something to ask you. You said on the phone, but if it's the butterfly cakes you've asked already, I'm making a hundred to morrow. I'm bringing them down well in time for the ecumenical. I'd not forget it's something else, Lizzie. I'm going to ask you to have one of the delegates to the council coming to the cathedral. Have she said, delegate? He's a bishop, an African. We've had people back off and I am left with this one bishop stranded. Would you have him? Now, I'm going to leave it there, but this will not end, I promise you, the way that is suggested there. But how brilliant she is. And I really, really hope that if you have enjoyed that, it just winds you in closer and closer. And the full story um, I'll record separately and put on the website. So that's waiting for a stranger. Jane Garden from *The People on Privilege Hill*.
3: So I, I particularly, I mean, love Jane Garden as a writer. Um, I think *Old Filth* is one of my favourite really? favourite books, and I gather that because that's a trilogy, I think. And. But also, she got so into these characters that she wrote short stories, and I think that's one of the stories in People on Privilege Hill, isn't it?
2: Certainly, the book begins with that. I don't know, because she's got another book of short stories that I think is more recent, so it might be there's more of old filth in that.
3: I'll tell you about old filth. Yes, Filth stands for Failed in London, Try Hong Kong. Um, And it was what happened, what a lot of, uh, I suppose... um, City type people who weren't who weren't actually that brilliant, um, and only got perhaps only got their jobs because of the schools they'd been to or the pay- people they knew um, in the sort of mid part of the twentieth century. And a lot of them went off to off to Hong Kong and um, made their fortunes over there. This particular character is is a lawyer, and um, he's not particularly failed in in London, but he goes to Hong Kong, and um, but he's always known as Old Filth. Uh, he's he, and he's... a he retires, comes back to retire in in the UK after after 30 years or something in, in the uh, judiciary in Hong Kong. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wonderful novel because it, it's all about his life and also about his wife's life as well and how they both see the world in very different ways. And it's, uh,
2: it's- One of the things I think she's so brilliant at is character and also what I was going to say was that we've referenced already this evening several books that are quite slow to begin with, or you have to sort of tune your ear to get properly. What I absolutely love about Jane Garden, whether she writes for children or adults, is that you start reading, meaning, oh, what's this book about? And you just start reading and wake up sort of an hour later, and you mm. have just read because it is brilliant. Yeah. And the the yes, the short story I chose is because it's very short. And if anyone wants to hear all of it, it will be put separately on our website. Um, but I chose it because of a kind of a Christmassy theme. No spoilers. So I won't say what that kind of theme is. Um, but I just love the way she takes very ordinary people. It sounds a bit like the Neville shoot. Um, Except they don't necessarily do extraordinary things, but they are both thoroughly recognisable and yet she just makes them magical. It's just so clever. I love it. There we are. We've come to the end of our very special edition. So um, I've mentioned that you can find the short story um, on the website and every week you can see if you enjoyed the staff picks, you can um, follow One Tree Books if you hear bashing it's Benji because I dared say we've nearly finished so he's getting very excited and down for the mince pies I would think um, but if you liked that if you follow One Tree on Instagram there's always what's in the top 10 um, on the Instagram feed there is indeed
3: there is indeed so and if you enjoy this this program and want to hear more uh, all the episodes of the program are available through spotify or wherever you get your podcasts
2: wonderful and in january we'll be joined by eva wong narva talking about her books for adults and children and she'll be helping us welcome in do you know what year it is tim i gather it's the year of the rabbit the year of the rabbit <laughs> so there we are so we wish you a very merry christmas and a
3: happy new year
1: You have been listening to Talking Books, presented by Susie Wilde and Tim O'Kelly, and produced by John Wellsman.
0: Shine Radio is the home of doorstep carols in Petersfield.
3: Wednesday night, it's Doorstep Carols on Petersfield Shine Radio. Sing along with the radio to all your Christmas favourites. Grab a copy of this week's Petersfield Post for all the sing-along words and then turn up Shine Radio Wednesday night at six. All you need is your best singing voice, the words from the Petersfield Post, Shine Radio Turned Up Loud... Oh, and a doorstep. That would help.
0: Grab a copy
5: of the Petersfield Post for all the words and then sing along with the radio this Wednesday night at six.
2: See you on the doorstep.